0: and welcome to another episode of the Planetary Union Network the Orville fan podcast I'm Dan Taylor and with me as always my co-host Joe Quickle
1: Daniel how are you
0: I'm good uh, Daniel what am I in trouble already <laughs> what did I do wrong and um and we have another guest with us today this time around we have with us Brett Rickaby how are you Brett good how are you gentlemen doing Good, good. Thank you for joining us.
2: Oh, I'm glad to be here.
0: All right. Um, so for those of you that saw, let's see, that was the second episode, Command Performance. Brett was featured in there as what's he, uh Learn Neck, is that your official character's yeah, name there? Learn
2: Neck. yeah. Well uh, initially uh, in the script it was a uh, spiny skinned alien um, <laughs> and then they they gave him a name Okay <laughs> now Baronek. is is that, his is that his personal name or is that his race You know I, I don't think they have a, I don't think a race has been de- determined for him yet
0: Okay so yeah okay so yeah. It, uh, not everything has to be about race correct
2: That is accurate
0: <laughs> alright now uh, let's get take care of this one little uh, tidbit of information first according to IMDB you're in two episodes
2: well uh, I think what happened there sometimes what happens is that um, and I don't uh, you know don't pin me down for this because it's not absolute but uh, a lot of times what happens is that you shoot in a certain order and then sometimes they get switched I don't know if that's what happened here or if the the initial credit got entered incorrectly, uh, but I'm sure it will it will uh match up. I'm only in far as I know, I'm only <laughs> in uh the one episode. If they use piece of me in the other one, uh that's that's not to my knowledge. So But Lernick is willing to show up again, correct? Lernick is ready. He wants to get out of there. <laughs> now why they gotta they gotta <laughs> swoop back around, pick him up, right? Yeah. Exactly. Been why, locked we locked up got for the... at least
1: eight months already. <laughs>
2: that's right
0: we got the impression that they only let the little kid alien out they didn't rescue the rest of you
2: he was very charming the little guy
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right um, now let's uh, explain to the listeners how how did you come about playing Larenak you'd worked with uh, Seth MacFarlane shows before correct and you've also worked in Star Trek so you know everyone who's a Star Trek alien on one of the Star Trek series we're betting is going to show up as an alien on this
2: show uh, well, uh, that I don't know. I know uh, Seth is very versed uh, in, in Star Trek, uh, but I don't, I haven't pried him. I don't know how far that knowledge goes. But yeah, I did one, geez, I don't even remember what year it was, 2003, something like that. Um, Star Trek Enterprise. And um, yeah, uh, actually, you know who directed that? was the same guy who directed this episode of uh robbie mcneil robert duncan mcneil oh okay directed that same episode that i did on star trek enterprise a while with that and he was originally on voyager yeah i, I mean uh, i don't know how many uh i don't know how many episodes of that he did but yeah all right so uh let's explain and, and now is did
0: you just uh was it just a random casting call saying hey we're looking for spiky headed aliens or was it um, from like we learned from uh, Patrick, uh, he went into for another role and he ended up with the ogre.
2: Oh, well, um, yeah, I had worked uh, I worked with Seth before on a Million Ways to Die in the West. Uh, in the opening sequence, I was Charlie Blanche, uh, kind of that hard gristled uh, you know uh, cowboy who uh, had a showdown with him then. so I had a chance to work with him then. And, um, you know, apparently uh, he's happy enough with my work to uh, to hire me again. I, I think I I initially went in uh, Sheila Jaffe and uh, and Lorna Johnson. Gail Goldberg had me in casting, had me in for one of the krill. Um, but you know what? I didn't get the, I didn't know the tone of the show. And I was kind of over the top. I was doing all kinds of wild and crazy stuff. Um, and, the you know, it needed to be a little more straight. And, and even to a degree, even with this one, with Lurinek, I still was, I knew that the first time around I had, you know, I, I you know, I was too tied to some choices and I couldn't let it go. This time around, I had some ideas reading the script. I felt close to it, uh, but it was still, you know, you had to modulate to get the right, the right tone for the show. Right. And,
0: even you um, did a great job, by the way. Because what I what I got from your character Lernick, uh, just even though he was someone in a cell or a uh, a zoo enclosure, I got the impression that he's the kind of character who's been around the galaxy a while. He's um, I don't know, maybe a smuggler, maybe a grifter. Yeah,
2: I, I mean, I think that the thing with him being there. When I read the script, I just had a, I had a sense of something along that lines. He wasn't always on, he wasn't on the straight up and up. And when the, when the character role read Spiny Skinned Alien, I, I got a vision of uh, Steve Buscemi as Randall in Monsters, Inc., actually. Okay. Like, you know, I was like, that was where I kind of, I was like, I'm going to go that way. And I didn't know what the sketches were for the character until later on. So there was kind of some, kind of that little bit of a, uh, a slimy feel, which changed then when I saw the uh, uh, when I saw the sketches and everything. But I, I definitely had a feel like there's a like he's kind of resigned to be in there, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, is okay with is getting a little entertainment out of you know poking fun at the other inmates or whatever, you know. Doesn't have yeah. an issue with, doesn't have an issue with that, you know. Now, when you saw the
0: initial sketch of the spiny-headed alien, did you go, oh, fuck, I'm Pinhead from Hellraiser?
2: Uh, I I, I didn't have that much of a sense of that. I mean, a little <laughs> bit, but when I got it on, I was like, oh, wow, this is close. And when, <laughs> when I was on the lot, a couple guys even said, you know, they they thought it was. A couple guys on the lot. I'm like, nah, I didn't say anything. But I'm like, no, <laughs> no not that.
1: I think no, I read a few that. places that... Uh... Uh, maybe Reddit said uh, it's like Pinhead's cousin.
2: Yeah, or you know, a lot of people are saying pufferfish too.
1: <laughs> pufferfish, <laughs>
2: <laughs> which is kind of fun. You know, it'd be kind of cool, right? If he, you know, he gets he gets ticked off or something, and he blows up. <laughs> that would that would <laughs> work really well in the show. Right? Um, just just kind of a little bit, you know,
0: just inflates a little bit. It'd be kind of fun. I like because because. Yeah. Compared to the um, alien that was on the other side from you, the big yeah. Sasquatch type thing, you're on the smaller side. So yeah, I would I would it would work real well to have you just puff out.
2: Yeah, I guess we'll nift out. A defense
0: out. mechanism. Right. Yeah. Um. Now you're more than welcome to come back for that second or third episode, right?
2: Me? Yeah. Yeah. Wow! Well, I'll come back. I'd actually, you know, I, not to get. I can't really. What can I say? what can I not say? I can say that you know um, uh I'll say this i've I've been around I've been around a couple other times for different or on a on a on a bail for um, to step in and help for other things that I can't talk about um, so I kind of feel like uh, and I like it kind of like being a doctor on call with the show, you know, uh, if they need some help with something, I'm, I'm really glad to chip in. I think, and I'm even more so now that I'm, you know, watching the show, it looks great. I think it's, I don't know uh, if there's much anything like it out there. Um, It's really, I I don't, I still don't really even have a finger on it myself, but it's interesting to watch. I don't know how you guys feel about it.
0: Uh, we feel comfortable enough about to have a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And, Trust me, we I, we were kind of worried about it because, I mean, initially when you know the f- reviews came out for th- critic reviews and they they were not kind, but I just don't think they understood it. Fan uh-huh. reviews have been amazing, and yeah.
2: yeah,
0: we both love the show, and it's right up my alley. I yeah. am very much a Star Trek kind of guy. I'm I'll be fifty in December, so I grew up on the original episodes. Of watch Next Generation. I watched them all, um, and I'm I like the I like the humor, and we've talked about it before. It and maybe you can sh- shed some light on your thoughts about it. But this and being and you and you have some experience with Star Trek before. This is yes, it is very much like Star Trek. It shares the same tropes and stu- and such. But
2: wait, well, now I need a dictionary. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but it comes across as more really more down to earth and more human not to be cliché about a science fiction show but just the way that humor is interjected into it and the dialogue it you know it's not the slapstick comedy that some people may have been thinking with Seth and family guy and yeah. but it's very for a science fiction show about quantum drives and aliens and such it's very
2: realistic. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think that that's that's where he's that's where part of where he's he's aiming. Uh, um, you know, I think that uh, I'm just going to steal from something I heard him talking about when he was saying that, um, you know, that the humor comes more from the characters and from the from the situation, more from genuine from a realistic I mean, it's still there, but it's it seems as though um, everything's Earned rather than that. How far can we go? How far can we go? You know, which is fun. That's fun too, and a different type of show. But uh, uh, I think that this thing, uh, you know, wants to find that blend between. I I, I don't know. I, I haven't heard him necessarily use the words honoring Star Trek, but it sure seems to me like there's a a big homage to the the original show. I mean, I think it's. I think that there is a little bit of a love letter, in my oh, opinion.
1: Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, we've said the word um, homage a lot on this podcast so far.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: It's, it's definitely not a parody, and it is not a spoof.
2: No, which I kind of expected. At, you know, at first when I heard it was you know it was coming out and he was doing it, I thought, well, you know, I, I, I understood that he, he, he loved the show, and I figured, well, he's going to do, do something with it. While while honoring it, but you know, send it up a little bit more, and it's uh, it's 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 both an homage, but it's its own thing at the same time, which is cool.
0: Now the episode that you were in, command performance, um, the A story and the B story, um, the story about the the zoo, the Cavalon zoo or Calavon zoo, and speaking of homages, that was very much in sort of had the feel of an homage to twilight zone
2: mm. Mm.
0: and um just the aspect aspect is kind of had a rod Serling feel to it as and especially when the punchline came in at the end of you know what they revealed to get them out of the zoo by offering old reality tv p- programming
2: yeah you know what i i didn't really think about that but i can see that I mean, watching it, I can definitely see that. Yeah, and can. even some of the shots, you know, some of the shots, uh, some of the shot selection and the way things are framed and whatever are very stark. I mean, I think if we, if we flipped it to black and white, I think you maybe get in get more of a feel of that. Yeah, and I, mm-hmm.
0: and that's one of the – and I hope um, that the show continues to explore those type of things rather than just, you know – and, oh, it's just like that Star Trek episode or it's just like this Star Trek episode or you know we're not gonna say that this you know was like game ma- what was it game master game Masters of Triskelion? the original series episode' I'm pulling that yeah, one out of my I've mind.
2: heard no, uh, yeah i've I've seen some I've seen some stuff posted about that uh lightning you know putting the two together, but I'd like it to you know
0: have it explore other science fiction shows such as you know uh Twilight Zone and um uh, you know, there's plenty of Outer Limits material out there.
2: I think that, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I have no idea what's inside his head, so where he's going to go with things. But I don't think anything is necessarily off limits. If he thinks it meshes with it and it, you know, it'll be something interesting um, to put out there. And will further the show along and and... Uh, You know, I think he's a little willing, and this is just me. I'm I'm making this up, (laughs) but I think he's I I think he's willing to, uh, you know, uh, in a very sort of gentle way, kind of push the boundaries. Even it seems like there's you know there there's a little bit of a topic in in everything here, you know. I wouldn't say, you know, oh, you remember the TV shows used to have, like, lessons. I don't know if it's a lesson necessarily. But there's a topic. There's something to chew on a little bit other than just pure entertainment that gets mixed in it as well. And that, I think that keeps it interesting as well. I you
0: know? uh, The topic or the, the, you know, it's not a theme being forced down your throat. And it, it being a dramedy, it'll never really be a, a very special episode of the oracle <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: i don't i don't think so i don't know i mean yeah.
0: other than i mean last night's episode had a lot of feels in it yeah last night's episode mm. was heavy
2: mm. well I, I i i i don't know um, i don't i i imagine you know being the first season too they're going to go they're going to try things out you know push push boundaries a little bit and you know find out find out where they where they rest you know
0: yeah and so. speaking of it being a first season three episodes in it's doing a pretty damn good job i think of finding a space legs now yeah i mean every first episode of any series is kind of clunky mm-hmm. you got to get through the origins you got to get through the introduction but I, as a whole even from you know the main characters to secondary characters to the guest characters such as yourself and and it may be the fact that it you know again let's use that word homage homage to Star Trek. We
2: there is a familiarity to it. Mm, there's a template almost in a way, and then you just kind of go off from that. Maybe yeah. Oh, maybe. I mean, I it does. I, I would agree with you. It seems like uh, uh, it does. Seems like it, it's it's getting some legs, and um, and it does seem as though there's a genuine a genuine interest in it. Um, and I don't, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think the numbers have been pretty good too, if I'm not mistaken, you know, considering, you know, where it started, things it's been up against and now I'll just switching to. I don't know. Uh, do you know how, uh, do you have any idea how the numbers were? It dropped It dropped a little bit last night. Um, because of the switch maybe.
0: Yeah. yeah. Just good. You know, it's a 30 switch from Sunday, Thursday night. And it didn't have the NFL. Um,
2: yeah.
1: Lead in. I think they were yeah. still, uh, I think it was still number two in the ratings over Thursday. Oh, yeah. pretty good.
2: All right. Um, how long did you have to sit in that makeup chair? You know, the first time, I think it was just a little bit under two hours. And then after that, it was about uh, in between an hour, 15, an hour and a half. They had it down in different, uh, you know, that particular one uh, was a couple of pieces, a couple separate pieces. You had the head, the skull, the back, you know, over the top of my head in one piece. And then the face kind of came around Oh, was it two I had two cheekbone two separate cheeks and then the rest of the face you know went over my nose there's just a real thin strap over the bridge of my nose and then a thin one underneath very thin underneath so that's why I think uh, you get you're able to to work much more subtly because it's it's I have a super elastic face anyway so everything I do shows but but the, the the makeup itself was also very conducive to uh, expression, so you didn't have to w- really work that hard with it. So, but it it was, you know, I, I thought that uh, yeah, they they got it on and off super quick and super easy. Oh, wow,
0: so so yeah, so you're more than willing to jump back in.
2: Oh, I love that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I love that. I love sitting in the chair. I love the transformation. I love seeing other people do their work. I love the the. the time and the and the quiet and the process of kind of going through and seeing seeing it kind of come to life you know just checking things out i love it i love all that i love it
0: all right that's. um i don't know i might i don't know if i can handle it well i'd have to shave my beard so i'm not <laughs> yeah. i'm not in for it um i guess that uh, i guess that covers it um unless uh what do you have to pitch brett you got anything coming up anything new
2: what do I have to pitch yeah actually uh there's uh there's a couple of things like a little film uh that's in post right now uh, um called where sleeping dogs lie I, I you know they're just uh it's I know they had uh, working on uh, on a shoestring you know and uh but i I get to do play a pretty out there uh lawyer uh at least the look is kind of like a a vegas type of a Vegas type of lawyer, you know, uh, uh, too much color on the suit and, uh, uh, <laughs> comb over hairdo and big glasses, you know, and, um, and, uh, and then I have, uh, another thing that I uh, a little pilot episode we shot of, uh, of another thing called Broken Sidewalk, uh, which, you know, takes place in this, uh, um, this little, uh, diner in, uh, in the middle of nowhere and a bunch of uh, interesting characters who, who uh, hang out and work in this diner. And I'm the owner of the establishment who I pay my employees. Uh, uh, I, uh, oh, I guess I can't, I can't tell that. Never mind. <laughs> Crash right. that. But we I almost I had I do, an exclusive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I do certain things, let me say that, to, uh, for the benefit of my employees so that my employees will like me. I'm not desperate of, of, a, of a of a loner, <laughs> and, and that's uh, called broken sidewalk. Yeah, broken sidewalk. Okay. So sounds... those are those are both in post. So we'll see we'll see what happens uh, as those things um, move further along. Let me uh, say thank you again for
0: uh, you know taking the time out to talk to our little um, humble Orville podcast. Oh, you guys um, are going to become big news. We're hoping. We're hoping. Uh, you and we will Head definitely have me on anytime. We would love to have you on, uh, especially uh, you know, down, down the road when we see some more episodes and get, uh, get your thoughts on it and see uh, what you think of where it's going.
2: Sounds good, guys. Very nice right. to meet
0: you. I appreciate it very much, and uh, we will talk to you later.
2: All right. See you, guys.
1: Well, Brett was a super nice guy. Yeah, absolutely. That was, that was a fantastic interview. Really, really appreciate Brett being on. Um,
0: we are, so we're we're two for two now with uh, Patrick and Brett. Um, who 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 are you going to pull out for next week? There, Joe.
1: Oh man, it's been all uh, you so I, far. I <laughs> yeah, you, you might have to pull out the next one. I, we do have uh, we do have some some fairly big names that are in the pipeline, um, including at least one, if not two, that uh, are going to be on for their... Um, highlighted episode and we've got confirmation we have somebody who's not an
0: actor on the show but someone behind the scenes who will be joining us too he's confirmed we just got to figure out what episode he will be uh on with us so yeah it's coming together we're doing we're doing okay joe yeah i think so um so last night's episode um yeah, last night's if, episode. If you're listening, we <laughs> record this on Friday, the day after the, the episodes air on Fox. Um, wow, uh, holy crap! Yeah, I had some feels. Okay, I'm gonna I'm I'm putting it out there, complete, full transparency here. I did not expect Seth MacFarlane's science fiction dramedy, The Orville, to have me crying by the third episode. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I, I was literally speechless by the end of it.
0: There were tears. And I mean, but the, I'm also the kind of guy that cries at the new planet of the apes movie. So <laughs> maybe it's some of the brain, uh, brain injuries I've had in the past, but last night's episode about a girl was
1: just heartbreaking. Yeah. I was really hoping that it was going to, uh, turn out differently in the end. I really was. And it, um, it 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 almost makes you angry
0: which it I think it should um the subject matter that they dealt with the Bortus's child who was born hatched in the end of the last episode was born female and of course they are a the mocklins are an all male race and so the episode deals with the proposed sex change of an infant to better fit into the Mocklin society. That's pretty heavy. Yeah. And, you know, going into the episode, I knew it was going to deal with that, but Clyden's reveal was out of left field.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I, I really wasn't expecting that. And, um, that, yeah, it was huge for character development for, for both of those characters.
0: And it, yeah. It, and it made the point much more poignant having had dealt with that situation in the past. Um, but the show still had, it's still had its laughs. It still had some humorous moments. Um, you know, Yaffit appears once again, voiced by Norm Macdonald.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's more than, <laughs> there's more where that came from. <laughs> and
0: You know, and we still have the, uh, great, uh, bromance brewing with our helmsman and the fact that now I, now I enjoyed the fact that they, that Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer played an important role in this episode.
1: As, as Rudolph should play an important role in, in everyday life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but my, here's, here's, I'm going to voice a concern
0: here. We had Rudolph, we had old Rudolph, the red nose reindeer episode shown our, you know, footage shown in this. And we had old ancient, you know, in parentheses, uh, television shown in the last episode. I hope we don't go flashing back to old TV every episode.
1: Yeah, that's, that's true. I, I don't want them to rely on that just too much.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I appreciate the commentary on t- you know, today's society that this show, the Orville is doing very similar to what star Trek, the original series did and next generation. But I don't think we need to rely too much on the pulp culture aspect of television. And then there was a big reveal in this episode as well. Um, Rita Owen was a guest star and some of you sci-fi fans may recognize the name, as she was in uh, episode two of Star Wars, playing Tan Wee, the administrative aide to the Prime Minister of Kamano. Camino, Kamano, tomato, tomato. Um, I'm going to go with Camino. Okay. And again, people, if you're listening to this, we're talking about the episode, so there are definite spoiler alerts. She portrays a Macland female. The Macland female, like
1: seems to be the only one.
0: She turns out to be a very prominent piece to the puzzle. And yet everything still does not work out the way we want it to work out. Everything at the end of this episode is not gift wrap and tied up in a nice, pretty bow and handed to the viewers as, you know, they save the day. Everything's perfect again. It's a very traumatic ending, which adds credibility to the Orville for me. It adds more drama to the dramedy aspect. And that's exactly the kind of show I think I was hoping for and am very relieved that I'm getting, if that makes
1: sense. Makes sense. Yeah. And I was, I was hoping against all hope <laughs> that the heroes would win in the end of this episode. My hope was
0: there, but I feel perhaps more gratified that they did
1: did lose yeah it 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 sets up you know potential further conflict in later episodes and you know what uh what what will the the uh the kid think later on if we hopefully get that many seasons um and they tell the story of everything and and this episode gave us a good look at the
0: Moklin culture beyond the fact of you know them them being all males and having a problem when a female is born, which is very, 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 very rare. But uh, they're they're a very in, industrialist race, and they specialize in weaponry and weapon experimentation. Um,
1: and it's the most in-depth of any um, race we've been into yet. I know we're only three episodes in, but... Right.
0: And while, while they may seem very... You know, at first glance, similar to the Klingons, they're not as war like nature as the Klingons, I think, but their society still deals with the aspect of war and, and, and then and in the act of, you know, manufacturing weapons.
1: Yeah. Klingon, um, the Klingon bit would have been uh trial by combat probably instead of. Uh, the arbitration that we got.
0: Yeah, this was, and the fact that it's a very industrialist society where they've covered the complete planet, apparently with industry, the fact that the Machlins are male is expanded upon by them being so industrialist, being so arbitration, so much into weapon manufacturing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Rather than just being, you know, oh, we're warriors uh, with honor type of thing, right? Not, I'm not, I'm not bagging on Klingons. I love my Klingons, kapla. As I mentioned, I this episode hit me and hit me hard in the feels. And it may just be because I'm, you know, I'm a dad now with a 20 month old daughter. Whenever they showed scenes of her wrapped up in that little blanket and talking about her fate as to what sex she would eventually end up being, even though she was born female it would break in my heart. So am I over overreacting there, Joe? Or
1: no, I don't think you're overreacting. It, I, I, like I said earlier I, I really, you know, we should, we, we should feel that way. I, I believe it was written to, to invoke those feelings and invoke that was almost depression, sadness, anger, just at the entire situation. I, it's just, yeah. I don't think you're wrong feeling that way.
0: Okay, good. Because I recently gave up my therapist, and I didn't want to find a new one. <laughs> um,
1: I I think we have one actually, uh, a, a therapist that 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 could come on for a few minutes per podcast, right? I mean, we've got we've got an ogre therapist, right?
0: Oh, we we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, now we, we mentioned that this, uh, this episode of especially, uh, about a girl brought up the drama as far as the dramedy goes. Um, dramedy is kind of a term for television that has recently popped up, like maybe in the last decade or so. I don't, I don't recall it really being used much, even though there were dramedies before then. Um, and it's, the show has already been compared to a few and, um, but if you're not familiar with the term dramedy, it, it's, it's exactly what it, it sounds like. It's a mixture of comedy and drama or drama and comedy. And it's been, there are probably more dramedy shows out there than, than you realize. Um, first and foremost, I'm going to throw this out there, uh, mash now, while it was in a sitcom format with a laugh track and everything. It dealt with very heavy specific um topics. I mean war, we're talking about and war is almost as heavy as it gets, but it also dealt with other things such as racism and infidelity and other heavy topics. Now, I grew up watching MASH and I I think it was probably I mean it is one of the best shows ever on television uh and it may have been toppled I'm I'm going to I'm breaking I going to say breaking bad is the best show ever on television and it's not my favorite I'll, we'll talk about my favorite later but mash mash was a a highlight not a highlight even more than a highlight it's paramount as far as television programming and dramadies go
1: yeah i completely agree with you and i i didn't i believe mash was still on for a few years after i was born, but <laughs> I mean, I'm only 36, but I did watch reruns of MASH and syndication, and I'm actually uh, trying to um, to go through the episodes right now. It's just difficult finding them on any streaming service, so I just catch them on when they're on TV.
0: Yeah, when I was a kid, MASH, my folks watch MASH all the time, and I remember it was on Monday nights at 9 p.m., and I remember when I finally hit the age where my bedtime shifted from nine o'clock to nine thirty, and I was able to watch mash and I was so ecstatic. So happy. Um, uh, other dramedies from the past. Uh, I just came up with like a list of 10 Buffy, the vampire slayer. That's a dramedy. You big Buffy guy.
1: Didn't really watch the, uh, the, the TV show. Watch the movie.
0: Yeah. I i was a fan of the movie i saw the movie again as far as um joss whedon goes i'm more of a firefly guy which some may say is a dramedy but i I think that's more of an outright sci-fi drama with just humorous moments um northern exposure was a show back in the day Are are you familiar with that one joe
1: I, I am. I, d- I did watch Northern Exposure, but oh, okay. while it was while it was on. Also, that's reaching back for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't remember a whole lot about it. That, when now, I think but.
0: dramedy, that, that one comes to mind. I mean, it's about a small town in Alaska that paid for the medical schooling of a doctor. So when he graduated he could come up and be their doctor. And he's kind of a fish out of water type of situation and it was an hour long show and it had a dramatic situation but the whole town was kind of quirky in a twin peaks kind of way without being um as macabre as twin peaks and uh orange is the new black is probably that show we didn't know if it was a comedy or a drama it depended what episode you saw did you ever have you seen any of those
1: have seen all all the episodes actually. Um, it's one of those that we, uh, we tend to binge whenever Netflix puts out a new series. Uh,
0: and that is a show that walks the dramedy tight rope. And I think for a while, uh, like an Emmy consideration, it was at one point considered considered drama then another point considered a comedy. So I don't know where they officially throw it in, but that is definitely a dramedy. Uh, The wonder years is another dramedy that comes to mind
1: and another one that I watched.
0: And I just started rewatching those again. I think it's on Hulu or Netflix. Gilmore girls. You seem like a Gilmore girls kind of guy.
1: Uh, My wife is a Gilmore girls kind of girl, and she would be absolutely ecstatic to hear us talking about (laughs) this right now. Um, And that
0: again had dramatic situations, but I think it was the the banter and the, comedic dialogue that leaned it more, leaned it towards the comedy side of being a dramedy. Correct.
1: Yeah. Uh, and it can't hurt to have Sebastian Bach in the show.
0: <laughs> psych is a, one of my wife's favorite shows. Again, that's kind of a dramedy more on the comedy aspect, but it was my wife watched a lot of psych. I saw a lot of it, um, by proxy. It's kind of a murder. She wrote with a couple smart Alec fast-talking guys, correct?
1: Yeah, I only saw a few episodes just kind of in passing. Not anything that I watched heavily. Uh, just if it was on, it stayed on. Uh,
0: another another dramedy that was a Monk.
1: Did you see any yeah, of those? M- monk was a
0: great show. It was. Um, what was that actor's name? Shalhoub? Tony Shaloup. Tony Shalhoub won I don't know how many Emmys for that. in the comedy... Uh, category best actor but yet yeah, it was a, again sort of a murder she wrote type of situation where he solved a murder every other episode so it really wasn't an outright comedy uh, I think a show way back in the past we're talking in the 80s that you probably have no idea about moonlighting
1: I, I do know well I do know a little bit about this it was uh, I, I, I know it was uh, I, I, I want to know, I know it in my head that it's Sybil Shepherd's in this.
0: Sybil Shepherd and a young, unknown actor. Bruce Willis. Who had hair at the time. And he was like a bartender snatch from obscurity and was on the show. And it was kind of a, she had a detective agency and he kind of fast talked his way into it. Um, kind of like Remington Steele. Again, I'm dating myself with these television references. <laughs> <laughs> but with more comedy. Now, The I think the true definition of a dramedy is the show Scrubs. Now, here I am on an Orville podcast and I'm a proclaimed Star Trek fan, but I w- you can put this down and write it in ink or even tattoo it on my body. I believe Scrubs is my all-time favorite show of all time. All-time favorite show. All-time favorite show. Now, I, I'm not saying it's the best show. Again, that would go to Breaking Bad and before that MASH. But it is my all-time favorite show because now the comedy in that is really kind of slapstickish, kind of zany stuff. Especially with uh, the main character, Zach Braffs, JD, uh, John Dorian having these weird, almost family guy type daydream segue cutaway uh, segments but the show dealt with some very very serious subject matter because it did take place in a hospital and a lot of life and death and matters along those lines um but yeah scrubs was still on television right now it would probably be way way thin plot wise because it kind of ran its course in the eight seasons nine if you count that other last season that they slapped on the end. I'd be doing a scrubs podcast, (laughs) (laughs) but right there in a nutshell, those are, those are 10 examples of dramedies and there are plenty more out there. And people are, people are more than welcome to argue with the dramedies I threw out there as examples. But I think that's a pretty, pretty good range of what dramedies. And I think the Orville as a dramedy, even at this point, fits pretty well right in with those shows. And I think we'll even make itself more comfortable.
1: Yeah. And I, I think uh, so far, at least with the, with the dramedies that we've got listed that um, I, it has a lot in common with mash without the laugh track, but you know, you've got the comedy, but it's, it's as we saw this past episode, some, it has some heavy subject matter and is willing to take that on.
0: All right. Now, um, next episode, of the Orville is called If the Stars Should Appear and it'll be on Thursday the 28th. And um, this one will find Ed and the Orville crew encounter a massive vessel adrift in space which is in danger of colliding with a star. While some of the crew set out to help the ship's inhabitants, Bordis, Gordon, and John stay behind to fend off a Krill attack on another Union ship. So we get to see more Krill and this sounds more along the lines of a, I don't want to say standard, but a more sci-fi type episode. I I don't think I'll be crying at the end of this one.
1: Yeah, probably not. And I, I I think, um, I remember right. Looking at the production codes. Um, I, I wonder how much this has in common with the pilot, uh, because I believe this was actually the second episode episode to be produced.
0: I did see that. So I, I, and, uh, Let's see. The one we just saw last night was actually was it the th- third? The third. Third. So it was the third one.
1: No, it was. It couldn't have been the third. It was. It would have been the fourth.
0: So it said. I think that's why it may have. You know, stood out as such as the way it did because being the fourth episode produced, not aired. Um, very rarely do they show episodes in order when they shoot them, especially with
1: virtuosos. Yeah, shows. and. This one, at least with the production codes and how they've got the order of the episodes going, it looks like they just basically put the uh what 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 we will call episode four the if the star should appear that comes out uh, this coming Thursday uh, is the only one out of order there's there was the pilot, then um, command performance, and about a girl, and then if the star should appear, and then the rest are you know, five through 13 are in their production order at this point right. at this point.
0: So we got that to look forward to next week. So we got a t-shirt now out.
1: We've got a couple of t-shirts out.
0: A couple of t-shirts someone had met some, you know, we had a couple of requests for uh planetary union network t-shirts. They're available now. Um, we have the links on our Facebook and Twitter, uh, accounts. If you follow those and we've got, uh, a Justin the ogre t-shirt which has already been a hit and it's selling really well so if you're interested in either of those check them out especially the justin the ogre t-shirt it's uh, artwork by brandon carr and hell at this point i wouldn't be surprised if we uh didn't end up with uh, a shirt featuring our uh, spiky headed friend
1: and um we've we've had a lot of positive reviews. Um, I looked on iTunes actually just before we uh, jumped on the podcast to record tonight. Um, and we have had uh seven five-star ratings and only five-star ratings. Wow.
0: Well, that's good news. Um, the ratings and review is one of the best ways to get more ears to listen to our podcast. It's what iTunes use and to, uh, you know, get ranked in their systems and uh, as being hot or popular episodes. So if you listen to planetary union network and you happen to like our Joe and I ramble on uh, incoherently at times about the Orville and <laughs> and enjoy the guests that we have, we asked uh, that you go on iTunes and leave a positive ranking and review. It's much appreciated. And while we're talking on the subject of praise, you know, you can follow us on Twitter at planetary uh, underscore union and you praise us on Twitter as well. Um, I kid. Uh, You can follow us on uh, Facebook as well, uh, like our uh, Planetary Union Network page. Um, Besides just uh, random thoughts and, you know, promoting the show, we do try to supply a regular stream of links to various Orville related news. So if you're looking for Orville news, uh, that's not discussed in whatever Orville podcasts are out there, including ours, uh, both the Twitter and the Facebook page for the planetary union network are good source to find these, uh, uh, links.
1: And also, uh, definitely go out and, uh, while you're on Twitter, follow our latest guest, Brett Rickaby. At Brett Rickaby on Twitter. And as usual, definitely go follow Justin the Ogre, Patrick Cox, at Mr. Patrick Cox.
0: And as of today, um, I think we, uh, our podcast, the Planetary Union Network, premiered on the Podcast Radio Network syndicate, syndicated site. Um, just like the Orville TV show, they had us uh, premiere on uh, one night and then we're going to move into our regular time slot, which I believe is 9 PM Eastern. Uh, that would be 6 PM Pacific on Monday nights. So, uh, check us out there on the podcast radio network, uh, see if you can you know, bump our numbers and make us popular there. And we're, we're very insecure people, Joe and I. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, it was actually it was it was a, a great welcome surprise to uh to get that message from them um actually reaching out to us, wanting to put us on, and we
0: appreciate it. And so beyond, I mean, that's why we we're, we're just asking you for the follows and the likes, and just uh because of our, our insecurity, and it makes us feel better. uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh we got anything else there, Joe?
1: I don't have anything else myself. No.
0: All right. Uh, we not positive who our guest or if we'll have a guest next weekend, but we are next episode, but we will let you know again on Twitter and our Facebook, as soon as we've uh, got it all figured out. And, um, until then I want to be thinking of a clever catchphrase to say at the end of each episode, but I don't have it quite yet.
1: I'm going to probably just say, uh, till next time arborists," because I'm still trying to make that stick. <laughs> Good luck with that.
0: (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Thanks.